You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahraven.com. Welcome to Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange, the podcast of me, Sarah Raven, and my great friend, Arthur Parkinson. And today I am particularly excited because we are in our nursery in Lincolnshire and I've brought Arthur here for the first time and I've been wanting him to come and see it for honestly years and every year it kind of grows a little bit more. It's just so incredibly exciting because you just see everything that we do at Perch Hill which is so a seed to planting a plant in the garden and here you see it from selling a seed obviously not planting in the garden because they're coming out to you and they're planted in your gardens it's just this sort of rather glorious festival of life is what, how I think of it and so there are glass houses and there are polytunnels and there are equivalent of coal frames sort of bedding out areas full of roses and things and anyway Arthur don't you think it's just the most amazing sight? Yeah, it is a little festival out there, a festival of carpets and carpets of infant plants to nine centimetre plants. I've seen more sweet peas just five minutes ago than I've ever seen before in my life. Yeah. Um, and just so many people busying about like Sarah Raven's plant chocolate Charlie in the factory type <laughs> place. Because I, I don't know Lincolnshire. I used to get the train to Skegnesk and Inglemels from Nottingham. And yeah. on that train line, you used to see out... To, through the train carriage across the Lincolnshire fens, this flat landscape, always though fertile soil and occasionally greenhouses. But this is sort of like the Holland of England, isn't it, really? Because it's flat and perfect conditions for just glass houses. But it's been incredible. I mean, I'm I'm used to factories because I worked at Bridgewater Factory. Obviously that's pottery and that was on lots of different levels. Whereas this is just like a pancake of of growing life and and activity. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's, um, and, and by the way, there will be some funny beep beeps from reversing lorries, yeah. uh, which we'll come on to. But so you might hear a bit of background noise. But um, that's what I love about it is just literally seeing it from the soil blocks. And very few now are sown by hand, but actually most of ours are now sown by a machine. And in the n- next episode, we're actually going to chat to. David Robinson, who is the Heath Robinson of this place. And he has developed all these systems that really suit kind of what I wanted from the early days, which is that when I started out growing cut flowers, I tried to buy seedlings from certain companies. And what I found is that you often got, I don't know, three or five or six little seedlings in a tiny little peat block they were in those days. And, and what I found is when I planted them, because I was a complete beginner, they would all compete with each other. And so actually it wasn't survival of the fittest where the big one wipes out the little. They all just died. So then I tried the next year to tear them apart when they arrived in the post thinking, oh, that's brilliant value. I've paid for one. I've actually got six. But over the years of experimenting and trialing at Perchill and then here with David, we've definitely, definitely concluded that single seed in a cell sowing is the best because then what you get is you don't waste seed. So you get one single seed and it goes into its own little soil block 
And that then grows on in splendid isolation without any need for root disturbance. So there's no pricking out and there's, there's no ripping apart the roots. And so on they grow and then they're potted into a completely peat-free potting mix. Again, with this sort of brilliant Heath Robinson system where the little plugs come along having been germinated with a bit of heat. Again, just on a glorified potting bench, basically, but it's on the base of a greenhouse. Anyway, then there's a sort of Heath Robinson setup where it gets taken into the next thing, which is where they're potted on. And there are ladies there who just literally take them off the conveyor belt and plop them into this peat-free mix. And then David has devised this amazing comb that takes six pots off and puts them on another conveyor belt. And off they go back to grow on a little bit more before they then come out in... um, in packs to, to all of our customers. But I just love, exactly as you describe, Arthur, it is like Charlie and the Chocolate mm. Factory. And hard work and, you yeah. know, physical work, just walking around there, you know, you've got these pickers and, and an, an amazing system where, you know, when you order a pack of your seedlings, so your Cosmos seedlings, they have to be in another packing house and your nine centimetre pots in another. So I will never think about why haven't all my things come in one box it's very thought through mm. for practicality and lovely to see the lorry waiting to take it all across across the land yeah o- overwhelmed is the word because I knew it would be big I didn't think it would be you know this big and yeah. so busy and just full of people working yeah amazing but also mm. I mean I think the reason I feel so passionate about it is David's not just going to take the easiest system. No, He's really going to listen to what we have found, you know, experimenting with Josie and over mm. the years um, with our, our team. And then he's going to really try and think, like we saw today, as you mentioned at the beginning, just great swathes of sweet peas. So we, we, we tried to send them out in root trainers to begin with. And what we found is that often the root trainer plastic was was really quite fragile. And so they would arrive in, you know, brittle. not all of them, but yeah, yeah, brittle or even collapsed in the bottom of a box. And so that's not very good for the customer. So we then moved to a more rigid system. And actually then David found this brilliant equivalent of a root trainer, which is a really long, deep pot with ribs down the side, just like a root trainer, but it's made from completely reusable plastic. And it's actually, it was devised for doing tree cuttings, in fact, and for growing on tree seedlings. And that has turned out to be by far the most uh, effective system. But David completely listened that you need those long runnels down the side of the pot so that the roots, when they branch, get into one of those channels and then they come out the bottom and then they're air pruned and then you get this virtual circle of lateral rootlet development. And um, that's what I love about it is, you know, he, he kind of listens to the science or the horticulture and then he gets his sort of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory brain on the whole system and thinks about how he can do it to scale. But it, it's still what I really believe is that the best plant comes out at the end to go into that raw male lorry, which I know sounds like marketing, but I do genuinely believe it. Otherwise, I couldn't come here and always feel so elated, really, mm. and excited by it because I no. just feel that he is really, really kind of radical in the way he does it and listens. And they're trying out there. I watched a lady literally brush the sides of all of her nine centimetre pots before she placed them into a box. I thought, wow, that's really lovely and care, this care being taken. 
by the individual before it goes into that box. Yeah. And it was lovely just walking back and seeing two girls in um, the cutting glass house, you know, because a lot of stuff I didn't realise they might be doing as cuttings now, not seed. Yes. Which is skilled, isn't it? We were taken into a another greenhouse, which has got all our weird and wonderful favourite parent plants, yeah. the mummy, mummy plants that yeah. they have to keep alive and big because they're. this is the only place where the cutting material that goes out to customers can... Yeah can be propagated from, isn't it? Yeah, it's um, so-called mother stock. Mm. And again, that's why I feel so excited about us working so closely with David because Josie and I will, or you, you know, all of us, will fall in love with a plant, I don't know, a particular pelargonium that isn't widely available. Or maybe I might even have found a pelargonium in Greece or something and mm. bought it back. And and then like a, a great friend of mine who's a wonderful garden designer called Pip Morrison gave me this beautiful calcularia years ago called Kentish Hero. Yeah, Kentish Hero. He gave me one plant and I just fell in love with it because it's like velvet slippers in mahogany and you can't get it widely at all. So I bought three plants here, maybe that we'd propagated at Perch Hill maybe four years ago or something. And now there's sort of, you know, great... Yeah lines and lines and lines of it because they've used those mother plants and there's a similar one which is the heliotrope which I completely adore called Reva and the reason I love it is not particularly that its colour is more intense because actually it isn't it's more pastel mauve than quite a lot of the widely available garden centre ones but the perfume of Reva or Reva I never quite know how to pronounce it (laughs) is just incredible and we have it in a window box in the greenhouse and the whole greenhouse smells of that extraordinary sort of like sweetie, cherry, jammy kind of amazing, amazing perfume. And again, that is not, uh, you know, we just couldn't find a source of that. So we propagated from mother stock that lovely Tom Brown, who who used to work at Parham, who was the head gardener at Parham, he's now at West Dean, gave me one or two plants and we used those as a mother stock. And they're now here as, as the mother stock to go out to all our customers. So I love that. I just find that so exciting. And I, I just, in fact, got, just got back. I'm talking too much, aren't I, Arthur? But no. um, <laughs> I just got back from a holiday in Greece and I collected seed of just three seed heads from three different plants. And I love the idea that those three seed heads are things that you can't currently get in the UK. There's one called Tordillium which I was taught by Tanya Compton, who was on the holiday with us, how to, uh, what it was, and then how to remember it, which is like a Cornish castle, Tor Dillium. And then Cerinthi Minor, which is a little more delicate version of Cerinthi with really, really dark, almost black hoods of the calices. And then these little yellow bells that hang below. And then a new umbellifer, which I'm really excited about, which is like a sort of, dill crossed with an ammy. Anyway, so I've clicked to those seeds and I love the idea that maybe if we succeed with germinating it at home over the next few weeks, then that will be, you know, in our catalogue in two or three years' time when when we've bought it here and bulked it up. So yeah, it's just it's just so exciting. Everything is within David's control to make sure it's all ship shape and, yeah. and healthy. I mean the so clean and organized everywhere. Just remarkable. I mean I didn't see one one wilting leaf in that mummy grow house. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's all, and um, I mean, we're going to talk about this more when we when we chat to David. But you know, it's all biological control, and mm. so you know, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was quite organic, but jolly nearly, we're very much edging 
I mean, I'd say we've got sort of a few percent to go and then we could really be completely. So yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. And just the, the seed into, into plants going out in the post is just the most wonderful thing to see. But what amazes me just, just seeing all that out there is knowing that back at Perch Hill once upon a time, it was you as a mother of two young girls on your kitchen table counting out seed. Yes. And now we're, now we're in Lincolnshire after a, I mean, we've come from Perch Hill this morning, haven't we? Me yeah. and you have just done a photo shoot. Yeah. And now we're here and, and your girls are like, you know, my age and grown up. And yes. when did you first come here? Do you remember? Um, oh, yes, I do actually. So I think I first came here. So we, I've always wanted to sell chrysanthemums, but I really wanted to do unusual varieties, not the sort of classic garage forecourt mum sort of thing. So I did a trial, I think probably 25 years ago of mm. chrysanthemums. It was one of the first trials that I did at Perch Hill. And then we just couldn't find a supplier of these more unusual varieties. And I'd travel around the country talking to people and I actually came to see David. And so I don't know, I think probably 17, 18 years ago or something. And he was still here. He was on this same site. It was a lot smaller. And he was a little reluctant because he was working for another company. But I just said, oh, please, I really want to do these particular dark, rich sort of coloured varieties and more of the spider types. And also then very fashionable was that one called Shamrock, which was that really bright acid greeny one. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to do that, but I couldn't find anyone to send that at. So David said, yes, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. And he did 500 orders for us that year. And now we still do chrysanthemums with David and he holds our mother stock now. So he, we, we trial them at Perch Hill and decide, and then he holds the mother stock. But now we're sending out many thousands of orders a day, not just 500 in a season. <laughs> but um, So it is a very different thing. But I've had a really nice relationship with him ever since that first meeting. And yeah. I'd, I'd say he's one of life's eccentrics, but that's a good thing in my view. <laughs> I love the way he'll just think about something. I don't know, maybe, maybe take a couple of days, may take a bit longer, but he'll always come up with a really creative answer. And, uh, it's pretty rare that it's just like, no, I can't do that. You know, you can normally, yeah. you can normally get around it. And he's embraced all these new varieties as well, hasn't he? Cause I'd imagine when you first turned up with your list of chrysanthemums, it was probably growing, I dare imagine quite normal yes. varieties. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose one chrysanthemum is the same as any other at that stage. But yeah. anyway, it's so lovely to uh, to bring you here. And um, I hope you all have a little bit of a picture of, of what an exhilarating and, and wonderful and kind of healthy place. And always, as Arthur said, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But we're not creating chocolate, we're creating plants. <laughs> so it's even healthy for us. And, and the planet. Uh, <laughs> and the planet because um actually they weren't i didn't see so many bees but that's because they're not in flower no, are they? they're all going out to fill they're the gardens all, yeah, across the country other people's gardens exactly thank you so much for listening to this quite short episode of grow cook eat arrange but i just thought it was so lovely to give a flavor of the nursery Next time, we're going to be talking to David about our whole environmental policy, really, and the way we're consistently trying to move towards more organic and more sustainable answers in packaging 
in the growth medium and how we heat the greenhouses and how we deal with pest issues. So all that. But I'm very much, Arthur and I are going to be talking to David about that because he is the leading expert. So see them. You can find more information, photos and advice sheets on all the plants and recipes that we talk about in this podcast by heading to the links in the show notes or on our website at sarahaven.com.